preaching and preaching a totally different thing than what I thought we would discuss. I thought, well, maybe this is what the Lord wanted me to do tonight. And about that time, he fired the question I was wanting fired at me. I said, you know, that's why I brought this chart tonight. Let's just all go in the kitchen, sit down at the chair, and let's look this chart over. And uh, as we explain the wonderful words of God. Now, before I start on the Bible study tonight, remember the service that's here tomorrow night at 7.30. You suppose there's anything in there to learn? Praise God. All right. We'll read uh, about three verses and let you sit down. Let's read from about verse 4 through 7. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. Praise God. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Praise God. Now, you may be seated. And before tonight that I start in the book of Acts, I have chosen tonight to do some lengthy reading. And I want you tonight to turn to the book of Joel, the second chapter. Sometimes I misquote things in the Bible. Somebody walked up to me a few weeks ago and said, Brother Elder, are you sure you quoted that right? I said, well, I think I did. I hope I did. And he proved to me I didn't. So <clears throat> I was in there. But um, I'm sorry I disappointed him. Uh, he's not coming to church now. And uh, <clears throat> but I never have claimed to be the Pope. The Pope is the only human being I know of on the face of the earth that's infallible. So praise God. <clears throat> And I'm glad I'm not the Pope tonight. Praise God. So, uh, I want you tonight to turn to the uh, book of Joel. And uh, let us read some of it. Uh, let's start in the book of Joel, the second chapter. This is the first sermon I ever preached in my life. Verse 13. <laughs> I get thinking about it and it's funny now. <clears throat> Praise God. Had me get up on Tuesday night at youth service and I preached, rend your hearts and not your garments. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Verse 13, And rend your hearts and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. <clears throat> there is a fact that there are some folks who think that Brother Elder is a smart aleck. When I say, that's all right, you didn't turn on me, you turned on God. So it's you and God that's going to fight this out. And when I walk away, they snicker and smirk and things and say, so you think God's judgments are going to fall on me, huh? They are not smirking me. If they were, I could stop it. They're not laughing at me. They say, I don't have the right to put that on them, but I'm sorry, you're wrong. You never read the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. Chapter of Romans, the 13th chapter said, I am an avenger of the word. Amen. Some folks would like to say that belongs to the mayor, but I don't believe the mayor of this city is the minister of God. That's Baptist teaching anyhow. So you believe Church of Christ doctrine and Baptist preaching if you believe that. That's where it came from. Now, <clears throat> one wonderful thing is if you ever listen to a man of God, at the same time he predicts judgment, he will also present mercy and grace and the reason being is if you repent are you listening church if you repent there are some who have looked at us ministers of God and said well he just cast judgment on me they didn't listen that's all they heard that's all they heard had they been listened, they would have heard that part in there, but if you turn to God, then the mercies and the grace of God will come. Mercy and judgment go together. God would rather shed His mercy upon you than judgment. See, the attributes of God are in us. How many of you just beat your kid and throw it on the floor and walk off and leave it there? If you do, you're fixing to have lots of trouble. When I used to give my kids some very hard whippings, after their tantrums and emotions and things settled down, I walked over and sometimes when they little scooped them up, set them in my lap. You ever heard that thing saying, well, it hurt me worse than it did you? Some kids said, I don't believe it. That's because they're looking through the eyes of a child. They don't know the love of a parent. Amen. Praise God. So, <clears throat> it is with God. He put that in us. He is not wanting 
to destroy us. He is wanting to save us. So sometimes his judgments come in a form of mercy to correct us and turn us from the wayward path and turn us back into the paths of righteousness. How many of you are thankful God loves you that much that he would chastise you to bring you back into the path of righteousness? And so in the 13th verse, this is what the prophet in reality is saying. Rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, call a solemn assembly. How many of you believe we need a solemn assembly? Sober assembly. We need soberness among us today. When people start backsliding, it should be time for the church to get very sober. If they walked in and told you one of your children just died, would you laugh and play? Come on. I can't find anything amusing about this. Amen. It's time for soberness. It's time for us to pray. It's time for us to seek the face of the Lord. And here is another thing. In this horrible hour that we're living in, we are fighting demonic spirits that jump off of one onto another. Sometimes you see it going in, backsliding in the church, going in a circle. That spirit's jumping off of one onto another, onto another, onto another. Then the thing of it is, once it gets you out there, it embarrasses you. It gets you into to where you're so convicted and embarrassed, you don't want to come back and swallow your pride and make things right with God and the church. So don't allow that to happen to you. Stay ahead of the devil and cast that spirit off of yourself. I said cast it off of yourself. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the power to cast it off of yourself. You don't have to accept nothing. That's right. Praise God. Get it off of you. Get out and dance in the floor and shake it off of you. Get in an altar and pray till you pray it off of you. Hallelujah. Now, blow the trumpet in Zion, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather. That's not our family. That's the ones in charge of the church. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach. In other words, he's simply saying to us, he's just simply saying, Travail. Amen. Intercede. That the heathen should rule, that the heathen should rule over them, wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? That's the most horriblest thing about these people giving in to the devil. 
They are letting the heathens that live in their neighborhood they testified to said what happened to their God. And it makes our hands weak today. Sister Elder and I didn't know it, but we were talking to a woman. And I'm not kidding you. You see how long my tie is? Well, not quite that bad, is it, Sister Elder? Her blouse was open down to here. And uh, don't get excited, I didn't see nothing. <clears throat> and uh, her fingernails were blood red. And her lips were about the same color. And her face was made up <clears throat> real good. And uh, she did have a nice long dress on. And she let us know that her pastor was Pastor Chastain. took one look at her I told her something in a nice way I said oh yes when I was a little boy I was in the assembly of God and I stopped because I didn't want to say they sure didn't look like you amen she looked at me and she said you was I said yes ma'am that's right, isn't it, Mother? When we were in the assembly of God, honey, they shouted and danced like we do in this church. They preached against movies. They preached against television. That's right. That's when television was first coming out. That's when if you didn't watch television, your eyes felt better. Most of you folks don't know what television was like when it first came out. You ever seen silent movies that's what television was like and if it wasn't all jerking and carrying on and stupid looking stuff then it was snowing and all it would take for it to snow is a car to go by <clears throat> amen and uh, when I was a little boy and watched television the first few times even though I wasn't supposed to I thought, man, this ain't worth messing with anyhow. Just make you dizzy. So, praise <clears throat> God. But uh, they was preaching against television back then. There's an old assembly godder. They preached against jewelry, makeup. stay with my lesson uh, praise God 18th verse then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people yea the Lord will answer and say unto his people behold I will send you corn and wine and oil there's a lot of things in that but I'm not going to get in tonight he shall be satisfied therewith and I will no more make you approach unto the heathen but I remove far off of you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate 
with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things fear not O lands be glad and rejoice for the lord will do great things be not afraid ye beast of the field for the pastors of the wilderness do spring for the tree beareth her fruit the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength be glad then ye children of zion and rejoice in the lord your god for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month and the floor shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil and i won't tell you this church something tonight i don't care what you say i'm not going to run my god down i'm not going to run my faith down I'm not going to run my prayers down. When you run your prayers down, you're acting silly. Because God bottles your prayers up. You need to read the book of Revelations. He even bottles up your tears when you pray. Amen. And his ear is not slack, even though the devil tells you it is. And his arm is not shortened, even though the devil tells you it is. And if you would learn to count your blessings, you would see more blessings than you will cursings. But we get all riled up over one little fuzzy situation. Come on. Come on. When we ought to be sitting down counting the blessings of God, the power of God, the strength of God. If you won't worry about your tomorrow, God will take care of your tomorrow better than you can, sister. I don't know why I'm saying all these things tonight, but I'm going to say them. <clears throat> Some of you women are worried in here. The best husband you got is Jesus Christ. And when you get another one that'll treat you like a dog, you'll wish that you'd have stayed with Jesus. But let me tell you something. God will take care of your faithfulness if you first learn to love him and be faithful unto him. I've told this story a few years ago, and I'll tell it again. There was this woman who literally raised her children on a washboard on welfare. She raised them. They were married and gone. And there was this old boy that, you see, you don't know what us preachers say about you folks when we get together. It pays you to pray, to fast, to live for God and be right. It just pays you to. And there was an old boy that got saved, and I guess he really did get saved. And he was rich, wealthy, literally wealthy. And uh, he went down to the campground. He had oil wells pumping for him. That would give you some idea. I kind of like to have one or two pumping for me. <clears throat> of course, they say it's bad right now to own an oil well. So, But uh, anyhow, uh, he asked them preachers, he said, I want to get married. 
and I want a good woman that prays and fasts and lives close to God. I don't want to just marry any woman in the church. And I want to know if you preachers know where one's at. And they told her where one was in a certain city in Louisiana. And he thanked them and went on. He went up and knocked on the door, told her who he was, <clears throat> told her why he was there, told her that he had talked to the preachers and the preachers had told him about her and uh, he told her that he had come that day to ask her to marry him. And you know how most women are, they don't want to get married too much. So she told him, you just ain't going to rush me into nothing. You come back tomorrow and I'll let you know. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he came back the next day and she said yes. And they got married. She might have called the preachers you know, and checked all this out, which was smart. Praise God. Because you have a lot of fellas show up at your door and tell you anything anymore. <clears throat> and that woman, life, at the end of her life, was beautiful. No more scrub boards. In the place of scrub boards, she had maids. Even some of you married women wish you'd stayed single now, huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. My wife's looking at me funny. I must have said something wrong. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm telling you one thing. If you stay faithful to God, God make the latter part of your life ten times better than the front end. Amen. Amen. And God bottles up your prayers, and God hears your prayers. His ear is not slack, and his arm is not short. But you've got to wait for his time, not yours. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And that's the hardest thing about living for God is waiting upon God. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength and they shall round up with wings of an eagle and they shall run. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he said, your floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. My God is not slack. He can give you more than you can handle. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the cankerworm. Some of you only looking at your destroyed life in the past, but you need to understand God can restore your destroyed life and give back to you more than you ever had. Amen. Amen. 
And I'm saying all these things for a reason if you'll stay with me now. Praise God. Praise God. I am not looking in the past. I am sick and tired of mommies and daddies that come with their married kids all messed up and say, well, I know I done something wrong. Look how my kids turned out. I don't believe that. I believe some people did everything they knew how and it still came out that way. And I am not running myself down and I'm going to tell you something else. If it came out that way, I'm going to live tomorrow for a better day. Too many people live in the past instead of serve a God of the future that's going to make their life a reality of something worth living for. Amen. Throw the past out the door and grab the book and learn wherein is the ways of godliness, holiness, righteousness, prayer life, faith life. Oh, you did have a bum deal. You're going to live in it all your life? He said, I'll restore to you. I'll restore to you the years the locusts ate you and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and great armies which sin among you and ye shall eat in plenty. And I like to think of this more in a spiritual way than I do in a natural way. There is plenty to eat of God's Holy Ghost if you want to. How many of you want to? How long has it been since you talked in tongues since you got the Holy Ghost until the Holy Ghost got you? So, well, it's been several days now. Well, you better stop that. You're drifting like a ship. With no direction. You know, so many days on a ship with no power, and even the captain is not so uh, sure that he can get things straightened out. And every day without it, the more chance of mutiny and the more chance of troubles on that boat. Amen. It's the same way in your life. The captain of your life should be the Holy Ghost. Causing to be working in your life every day. I say causing to be working in your life. Cause him to be working in your life every day. Cause him to. So how do I do that? You pray till you cause it to happen. Amen. I said you pray till you cause it to happen. Hallelujah. And then he said, Here you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit 
if I took this water tonight and dumped it upside down, I'd pour it out. If I just go like this, I'm just giving you a little sip. I'm just giving you a little uh, nip, a little sprinkle or something. God didn't say I'd just kind of, you know, flip it out. He said, I'm going to pour it. And you know what we're saying today? I hear this a lot. Why did God give them the Holy Ghost? They didn't even take care of it. They didn't even appreciate it. They didn't even stay with it. Why did God give it to them? He's going to give to every man a measure of faith. To every man the pouring of the Holy Ghost. It's not God's fault. Man doesn't want to live for God. And so when God meets man and man meets God, man must make up his mind that he loves this. And this is what he wants in his life. And when he makes up that in his life, he will let nothing take it away from him. And if he doesn't feel that way, any kind of thing can take it away from him. My poor little wife, I love her to death. And sometimes she says, I don't understand. And I don't either. You know. But i got to save her too. I'm not only her husband, I'm her pastor. And i got to save her too. And I, say, and I tell them. I just tell them. And I tell you. People are not staying in the church today because they don't love the truth. If you love the truth, you won't shun the truth. And I'm going to tell you what. There are lots of situations even in this church I deplore. But it don't stop me from coming to church. It don't stop me from praying. It don't stop me from being faithful to God. It don't stop me from being faithful to God's house. It don't stop me from putting my arm around your neck and loving you. It don't stop me from reading the Word of God. There are lots of things that I don't agree with and I deplore and I don't think that I can handle myself, but that's within me. That's not for me to do you that way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So therefore, I've got to go pray myself through. How many of you ever had to go pray yourself through? Hallelujah. There's going to be a lot of things in this little old way that you don't like. And I want to tell you something. There's some things my kids do I don't like. The ones at home and the ones that's married. Amen. That's not going to stop me from loving them. That's not going to stop me from going seeing them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can't cut the lines of communication off. You got to keep trying. Somebody said, I don't know if there's any use anymore. There's use until they're dead. After they're dead, it's no use anymore. Amen. Praise God. I don't know why I'm saying all this, okay? And, and 28th verse... And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Now, I read all these things to you because this is the chapter that Peter uses in the second chapter of Acts. Now there are some strange things about the book of Joel. I'm just throwing these at you for you to go home and study about. There's some strange things about it. They do not know that whether Joel is the earliest book of the prophets or the latest but it has to be one of the others because of its writings. Let me show you some things. In the book of Joel, there is no reference to Cyrus, Assyria, and the Chaldeans, which means it could be a very early writing. There's no mention of idolatry and corruption, such as the other prophets preach of. The temple services are being maintained. There is silence on the kings and the princes. There is no scorn of the ways of sacrifice. Praise God. The only thing he says about sacrifice is that we need to pray that the Lord will restore the years the locusts the caterpillar in them is restored so that the sacrifice will be given to God duly as it should be. Praise God. And then <clears throat> he prophesies something. He prophesies that God's Spirit shall be upon man in a measure not known in that day. Praise God. Now, he prophesied, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This was not Old Testament prophecy because this was contrary to the law of the Old Testament. The only thing that could have had this kind of an experience in the Old Testament was a priest or priestess or prophet. And there are some things that I don't understand, cannot explain fully to you. There are some things about the Bible I don't know, and I'm not going to tell you I do know. But King David is considered one of the prophets of the Bible. So how do you figure that, brother? Well, all you have to do is read this chapter. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Praise God. He's not only considered a king, but a prophet. Amen. And he done some things that some kings did and, and people did that nobody else could do. They'd have got killed for it. Amen. And I cannot explain all them things to you. I'm still working on them myself. Now I want you to take a look, and we'll come back to this, what I'm working on right now. And... Uh, <clears throat> We'll look at some things here. 
But in the seventh verse it said, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? All of them that spake with other tongues were Galileans. A false preaching and teaching in the land today will tell you they were speaking in their own languages from where they had come from. They have no validity of that statement. None whatsoever. There's no Bible for it, no proof for it. Amen. These were simply all of Jesus Christ's followers, which most of were Galileans, from around the Sea of Galilee, the ones that followed Jesus Christ closely. Who were they? They were the 120, possibly them that were baptized in St. John, the fourth chapter and the first verse. Amen. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> there were Jews there from all over the world. But these Galileans were not from all over the world. They were from Galilee. But Jews were there from all over the world to celebrate Pentecost. Now, Pentecost... <clears throat> was a celebration in Israel every year. It was the 50th days of drawing nigh to God, remembering the things of God, and many other things. I didn't do a lot of studying on Pentecost to bring it to you tonight because I didn't want to spend a lot of time on Pentecost. However, I did learn something very interesting. By us uh, Gentiles, and you've often heard Brother Elder preached this thing <clears throat> that Peter said <clears throat> why are you amazed and all these things and then he said these are not drunken as you suppose seeing it is but the ninth hour of the day and I ran across something that is linked to the Pentecostal third hour did I say third hour wrong hour? okay uh, to the third hour of the day. And, oh, I get to thinking about that nine o'clock in the morning. That's why I say that. And uh, <clears throat> and I ran across this is a part of the Feast of Pentecost. And I'll remember this. The Holy Ghost fell on the 50th day. The 50th day is the day of Jubilee. How many of you believe the day you got the Holy Ghost is a day of Jubilee? It's a day of the wave offering. So every time you think about the day you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to raise holy hands and give God a great big wave offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, but Peter said, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which was our time, nine o'clock in the morning. Now, I did not understand this, and many times in our preaching, uh, <clears throat> relating more to us and our kind of thinking, you know, that time of day, the beer joint's not even open. 
Hello? Well, most of them. Of course, I wouldn't doubt before Jesus comes, they're open 24 hours a day. But here is the reason why Peter said that. Not because of what Brother Elder said, but because of this reason. Somehow or another, related to, and I, like I said, I don't know everything about Pentecost, and I'm going to work on it some more. But somehow or another, related to Pentecost, and the reason why Peter said this is but the third hour of the day, they were still under a sacrificial decree of Pentecost, which means till after the third hour they neither ate nor drank. So these can't be drunk like you suppose because we are still under the creed of the sacrifice. Hallelujah. It is not a time yet to drink. It is not a time yet to eat. Yet these are filled with new wine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you thank God because you see that you understood what Peter was saying. Now you have to understand that Peter is bringing Jews into conviction in this chapter. Praise God. He's not bringing us dumb Gentiles. How many of you Gentiles know all about them Jews? I was reading uh, the Webster's Dictionary in my uh, study Sunday morning and I marked it. I found in there while I was looking for other things the Jewish calendar and it gives some very clear definitions about it and the months and things and so I marked it in that Webster's Dictionary in there and I'm going to do more study on it. But I'm here to tell you folks that we know less about them Jews than you could ever imagine. Amen. You stand around and argue about the Greek all day, but the Hebrew's not that hard to understand. It's clear and distinctive. Amen. The ways of the Grecians is a bunch of theory, you know. Like I tell them after I listen to them fuss about the Greek for a while, you know, really, I don't believe any of you could order a hot dog in Greece. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, <clears throat> one thing I'm not too uh, impressed with, there's only one man in the United Pentecostal Church that's ever, ever, one time impressed me with Greek, and that's Brother Marvin Treese. And they say he's not even a good student of it, let alone a scholar. And friend, if he's not a good student, there's no sense in me messing with him. I mean, you'd say anything in English, he can translate it into Greek, and they say he's not even a good student. So, praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, but this Hebrew, and we need to understand the ways of the Jews so we can understand this second chapter. Did you understand that in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
Is that what it said? And then what's it say? We're at Jerusalem first. We're going to reach the Jews first. Judea next. That's still the Jews. Then we'll go to Samaria. And then we'll go to the Gentiles in the uttermost parts of the world. And the Bible follows it all in order just like it's prophesied. The book of Acts is even written that way. Praise God. Now he's preaching. Now I want you to understand here. Uh, let's don't get into all of the uh, places they were from. But <clears throat> let's look at the seventh verse which says they were amazed. Which says they marveled. They looked at one another and said all of them which speak are Galileans. They understood that these Galileans didn't know their language. That's why they marveled and that's why they were amazed. I don't marvel when I know you and I can converse in a language we both were taught. There's nothing astonished about that. Amen. If you look in the sixth verse it said they were confounded. They were confused. How can these people do this thing? Praise God. It's the power of Jesus Christ upon them. Now I'm going to get into that very clearly here in just a moment. Okay? Stay with me. Now, and then... They were all amazed in the 12th chapter. And of course, even when you see it, you don't believe it. How many of you ever seen a guy take a rabbit out of a hat? Boy, if you ain't seen it, you need to see it once. I ain't never figured out where that rabbit went at. He puts it back in the hat and it disappears. And you can throw the hat to you. You can look all over in the hat. There's no rabbit in the hat. And I don't know how he does it yet today. Say, so there ain't nobody that good, Brother Elder. I'll show you one. Dear old Brother Nathan Carricker just knew he was going to lose a head. Because whatever he dropped that blade on the first time, it cut it slap in two. But when he dropped it on Nathan's head, only thing happened was he yelled real loud and the girl screamed. And I doubt it. And there are a lot of folks who when they see the great demonstration and power of God around here are amazed, but they doubt. Wondering what kind of gimmicks and tricks we have. How many of you are glad tonight 
that it's not gimmicks and tricks, but you know it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they were amazed. And they doubted, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And that's exactly what I did last night. Let me tell you something, folks. If you want to teach people, if you want to lead people to Jesus Christ, throw something out there that will get the job done. I noticed last night the flesh and the devil was going to lead our conversation around everything, so I purposely, cautiously brought our conversation back in order again. Carefully, graciously. If you want something, I've got a bird dog. She goes on strike every once in a while. I've not figured that bird dog out yet, and she's my favorite, so I won't let nothing happen to her. She's the only one out there that I feed that I'm proud I feed. The other ones, if I wouldn't get this fellowship out of the home and the church and everything, I'd shoot them. But every once in a while, she goes on strike. She won't eat. So last night, Mama made some good wild fried rabbit, brother. <clears throat> and nobody at the table wanted any but me, so I ate it all. I guess Sarah helped me eat some, didn't you? My Mama ate a little piece. I forgot, Sarah Bell, you liked that rabbit. <clears throat> it just irks me when they don't want to eat that stuff, so I just eat all of it and just sit there and smack my lips and chops. <laughs> Boy, it's good. And Mama made gravy with it, too. Whew. Wish I had some right now. Praise God. <laughs> I'm getting myself in trouble, I can see. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> And there was some gravy left over. <clears throat> and I went out to feed that red dog the bones. He'd eat the bones to anything, even me, if you just clean it. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> and uh, I turned around, and there was little Anna standing there with that bowl of gravy, like, Praise God, we're getting rid of this. You know? And so I thought, mm-hmm, you might be on strike, but I'm fixing to break your strike right now. So I just reached over there, and I poured that gravy on that dog food in her pan that she wouldn't eat for a couple of days. And guess what? When I went out to her pan today, there wasn't nothing in it. You can make them hungry. 
My girls love sweets, and there's nothing wrong with that, because I don't hardly know of a female on earth that don't like sweets. There might be some, but I haven't met them yet. Hallelujah. And tonight, I just said, how'd you like to have some pie? Praise God. You can get somebody to eat when you want to. Come on. How many of you with me? I just kept throwing the bait out last night. You know what happened? There is a great move of God. There is a great demonstration, powerful move of God. But somebody has to take charge, and Peter was commanded to take charge. And finally a spokesman stood out and said, What meaneth this? There was enough bait thrown out, it's eating time. If in your Bible studies you would like to win souls to Jesus Christ, make them spirit-filled. I didn't say. Oh, God help me. You know, some of our Bible studies are spirit-filled. And brother, I say unto thee, you read this Bible and you know that you need to do it right now, bless God. If you don't, you might go to hell tomorrow. <laughs> and that's not the way I feed my dog. She'd run in the doghouse and be peeking out. <laughs> and I'd be on my knees. Oh, now come on, please come out of that dog. If anything makes me mad, get on my knees to a dog. <laughs> I took one out hunting here a few weeks ago with Brother Tom Elder, that wild billy goat. She's lucky she didn't get shot. I was on my knees in the snow crawling out. Oh, please, come. Come on, I want to go home. It's getting late. My wife won't understand. She won't believe nothing. Come on, dog, get this truck. I wanted to kill it so bad, but I know if a preacher kills a dog, it'll be all over town. They probably, you could kill your kid and you'd be in a little bit of trouble. If you kill that dog, you'd be on the front page. Amen. Amen. Oh, you think not? Well, they kill them every day and they don't even get in the newspaper. Killing them by the thousands. Amen. But you kill a dog and see what happens. Amen. Well, I better quit messing around and get back to preaching. What meaneth this? Now look what happens when he says, Peter stood up. Mm, it's time to preach. Praise God. There was some of them mocking. There's some of them saying they're drunk, can't you tell? Peter lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Listen to me. For these are not drunken as you suppose, 
seeing it is but the third hour of the day. And I explained that to you just a little bit ago. Amen? But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Always Israel wanted to know about this fantastic prophet who never crams these kings down their throat, who never crams down the way they didn't do their sacrifices right, who don't cram. Joel to the Jew is the greatest prophet because of his splendor of reaching them and showing them the judgments and mercies of God. That's why I said all the things I said tonight. I was building up to this. Praise God. And the Jew knew this. And this is who Peter's preaching to. Praise God. And then he says, Here it shall come to pass. Praise God. In the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see these and your old men. Praise God. He's saying then when we get to here, this is that. You've wondered about this. You've longed for this. Did I say anything to this church tonight? Did you understand what I said to you well ago? When he said he's going to restore the years the canker's worms ate up, he's going to fill up your floors with wine and oil and fat. Praise God. Oh, he's going to pour out a blessing. He's going to restore to you what's been destroyed. He, hey, the Jew loaned forward to this prophecy. This was a prophecy they wanted to see every day. They woke up every day designed these kind of things would come fulfilled in their life. And they said, what means this? And Peter said, this is that. Oh, you ought to be shouting tonight. Whenever we get to be a thankful church, we're going to see more miracles around here. We're going to see more of the power of God demonstrated around here. What do we have to do, Brother Elder, to see it? First of all, we've got to get excited about God's Word. When we get excited about His Word, we'll see it happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now watch as He skillfully moves down through there and He brings them under conviction. Praise God. You cannot be a preacher that's preaching under the divine anointing of God. Man, I mean He was shelling the corn. I imagine he's a going 1,000 miles an hour. On my servants, on my handmaids, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is not sitting well with the Jew. Our preacher prophesies to us. Our women ain't going to talk. They just sit on their side of the church, keep their mouth shut, and everybody sit there while they're priest does everything. 
There's some folks that like to have it in church like that today. They're as traditional as them old hard heads in the Old Testament was. You know, you best not get the Old Testament mixed up with the New Testament. You best find out what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. My mother said the hardest thing in Pakistan is praying women through the Holy Ghost. You got to jerk that bail up to get to them. Can't never see them. you some holes in so you can see out that's what the veil was they wore amen 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 hallelujah come on praise God I tell you you go fighting tradition every devil in hell is going to raise up you go fighting sin every devil in hell is going to raise up not getting a whole lot of amens but I'm not backing up either hallelujah praise God now he goes on and prophesied I'm going to pour out my spirit on handmaidens now that didn't set with them Pharisees at all nor the Sadducees but we can't be fair you see and we sure ought not to be sad you see Amen. Come on. How many of you think it's time to wave the wave off? How many of you think it's time to jubilee? It's time to praise God and be thankful for what He's done for us. Hallelujah. And He said, this is that. Praise God. Now look. Forget all about the sun being turned in that. That hasn't happened yet. But it's going to real soon that's the reason why most folks better scoot up in Zion are you going to be here when the sun turns you blacker than coal burns your hide off till you crawl in holes air conditioners will melt down I'm going to tell you something I looked at my wife 116 degrees one day I said, hmm, can you imagine? And God said he's going to make it seven times hotter than this. Where you, you think, hey, it gets up to 120 around here. You couldn't get an air-conditioned feller for two or three days. There's fuses blowing, wires are burning, uh, transformers blowing. All the grocery stores and the beer joints in town are trying to keep from losing their beer and their groceries. And all of the theaters are trying to keep the bucks of coming in. And they know you're not going to come in there unless it's cold. Come on. You watch and see. You think Christmas that mall was full. You wait till it gets hot. You know, the only time I most generally can get folks in this church early enough to pray is when it's so hot outside. They don't have no water coolers and air conditioners, so they're down here at the church early. Amen. 
Amen. And that mall over there this summer will be so full, you'll need signals to get down the aisles. Amen. It'd be like Christmas again. Just because it's raging hot outside. Everybody say, I know where to go. Let's go to the mall. They ain't going to buy a thing, but they're going to, well, they might buy some ice cream and some Cokes and things, but, you know, praise God. Amen. The Bible said it's going to get seven times hotter. I can't even imagine. Now, if you multiply seven times by 116, how much you going to come up with? I don't want to be here when it gets that hot. They tell me water boils at 200 and something. Somebody said, well, it don't mean that, Brother Eller. I'll just tell you what. Since you're so smart, you just tell everybody what it means. But I'm going to tell you, I think I can outsmart you. You know how? getting ready and preparing myself to get out of here so I don't have to find out whether you're right or wrong. I know one thing the Bible said it's going to scorch you black. Amen. It's going to make you chew your tongue in your head. It's going to go from one extreme to the other. Come on. I don't want to be here. Let's preach about the Holy Ghost. Now, so he goes on in the 23rd verse. Now listen to this. Well, let's read 22 because 22 is just mighty and powerful. Ye men of Israel, hear these words of Jesus of Nazareth. I preach Sunday night on this Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved of God. Now, why would he preach that? Would he preach that to us? Would he have to preach to us tonight a man approved of God? No way. Because most Gentiles never considered the fact whether he was or he wasn't. But the Jews said he wasn't. And Peter said he was. That's one wonderful thing about apostolic preachers. They don't beat around the bush about it. They just distinctively say it and do it. And they better not do it unless they know they got the Bible behind them or they'll distinctively get themselves in a fit. You men of Israel, hear the words of Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles. A man approved of God by miracles. By miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. He raised the sea. I mean, he raised the dead. He calmed the sea. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He fed the hungry. He did it right in your midst. And ye yourself know also he did. 
Now him being delivered by the determinate counsel, I want you to know this counsel was determined to destroy Jesus Christ because he was destruction to them. They used it in the fact that he was destroying the Roman Empire. But he was not destroying the Roman Empire. He did not even come to destroy the Roman Empire. But he did destroy their system. Inasmuch when he died on the cross, he fulfilled it. Whether they practiced it or not, it's over. He said it's finished. So no use you practice an Old Testament. You might as well get with it. It's over. He said it is finished when he nailed it to the cross. Praise God. I feel like shouting up here tonight. I don't know why somebody don't get excited about the word. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. And they were so determined to destroy him, they broke 39 other, or no, they broke all of their laws. That's right. They broke all of their laws to destroy him. First of all, they had a kangaroo court on him. They didn't even give him a daytime court proceeding. They held his session at night. It's about like five or six of us guys get you out under a tree and we say, now, <clears throat> we heard you did this and we believe you're guilty and we want to hear what you got to say about yourself. And so you just sit there and you don't say nothing because they said Jesus answered them not a word. And after a while we say, well, we think you're guilty. We're going to hang you right here on this tree. That's about the kind of a court proceeding he got. Now that's what we call <clears throat> what? Vigilante? Come on. He said a determinate counsel. Of the foreknowledge of God ye have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. By the foreknowledge of God. You see, even Jesus, while he was on the earth, told him, I came to do the will of my Father. Praise God. They never understood what he said. They thought that he'd come down here to destroy them, destroy their government, set them up the millennial kingdom. Even the apostles think so by reading the first chapter of Acts. They're still believing he's going to. Amen. But he said, I came not to do the will of my father. I mean, to do the will of my father. Not the will of men. And then when you read Isaiah 53 and find out that he is 
despised and rejected of men. You find out he is to be crucified. You find out they're to pluck his beard. You find out they're to, to destroy him. He's to be despicable. A, a lot of folks draw these beautiful, beautiful pictures of Jesus. But the Bible said that there was nothing about him that was beautiful. No, nothing about him that was comely. Come on. Praise God. And these poor people, I feel sorry for them today. They absolutely believe they've seen a picture of Jesus. And every picture you ever seen of Jesus was not Jesus. It was a picture of a man that some artist painted. Oh, I don't like that. That destroys things, Brother Elder. It don't destroy a thing in me. It doesn't destroy. If anything, it gives me new hope and faith. Praise God to look forward to seeing his dear face. Somebody said, you can't prove that. Well, look, that is not even worth arguing about. That's stupid. Just go on down to the Bible bookstore and check it out for yourself. They'll tell you a story like the praying hands. In fact, is the man that painted the picture of Jesus painted the same man years later in prison, Judas. And go find out if I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But I shall see him as he is. Woo! I said, I shall see him as he is. I want you to know he's not coming with long hair. No, no, honey. But I can tell you how he is coming. He's coming in his eyes a flame of fire. And out of his mouth goes a two-edged sword. And his feet burn like they're in a fire, in a furnace that's on fire. And he's come to make war with the nations. Mr. Bresnev, you're an awful wise man. It looks like that Corbachev uh, is going to get us to do some of the dumbest things Americans ever did in their entire history of their nation to destroy things. But I won't tell you there's one that's coming that's bringing it all down to a common denominator. And when it's all over, he's king of kings, lord of lords. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this was a foreknowledge of God. You won't stop that. And let me tell you something, what he said to hear. You couldn't stop it if you wanted to. Peter told him, you couldn't have stopped this if you had wanted to. You say, how, Brother Elder, did he say that? Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. It is not possible. Like you couldn't hold him in this grave. You couldn't stop these from being baptized with the Holy Ghost speaking another tongue. You didn't stop him then. You're not stopping him now. And you won't stop him tomorrow.
serving him tonight. I'm glad I'm serving Jesus tonight. Praise God. Cannot do away with it, honey. It's in the book. You might as well get in the book. Oh, I love this second chapter of Acts. I even love the first one. Third one, fourth, and fifth one. Better be careful. I like it all like I do. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're going to get in this, honey. Praise God. Now, he said, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord before my face, for he was on my right hand. He was my power. He was my strength, that I should not be moved. The right hand just simply means he has become my power. He has become my strength. Somebody said, Brother Elder, how do you live for God like you do? Because he's my right hand. He is my power. He is my strength. He is he that keepeth me. He's that that holdeth me. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. I'm not doing this on my own. That's what's wrong with some folks. They're doing this on their own and they're going to slip and stumble and fall. But without him, I can do nothing. And I'm going to give him praise. If I get anything, any kind of glory, I'm going to give it to him because without him, I'm nothing. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. When God is your power, when God is the Holy Ghost, which is your strength, you, your tongue's going to get glad. Your flesh shall rest in hope. Now listen, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to seek corruption. Why has made known to me the ways of life, Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Woo. I can't help it, man. I just get excited. Amen. I said I get excited about it. I wish we all got excited about it. I've come closer to shouting in the last five minutes than I have since I come to church. Amen. You get happy about the song, honey, but the Word of God turns me on. The Word of God cranks me up. The Word of God gives me faith. The Word of God shows me tomorrow. Hallelujah. Woo. David said, he said, Oh, my flesh rests in hope. And he said, he said, I'm full of joy. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. Boy, they, hey, don't you know them Jews love David? We get excited because a man seen blood flying like water in the wind. Y'all never get ex. Y'all never 
Pay close attention. I seen the original American flag, the first one painted by, uh, was made, the first one made. Okay. Where was we at when we seen that? Wrights Patterson Air Force Base? Oh, the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> and they wrote the Star Spangled Banner. That's what I'm thinking of. But can you imagine as they relate it? Do you know the red in your flag stands for the blood that's built for this country? The white in your flag is for the loyalty. And them stars represent you, the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. The states of the United States of America. I don't mind telling you when the trumpet blowed, the bugle blowed, and I was in the army, I never minded at 431 bit giving that flag the salute. I never one bit mind giving that flag the salute as she went up. I am glad every time I see the flag fly over our nation it sends a chill on me. But I'm going to tell you the American flag don't mean nothing to them Jews. If you look you will find a flag with a star on it and did you know God's people are peculiar people all of the nations of the world when they make a star they have five points on it but theirs has six praise God and all you have to do in Israel is say King David and son then people will stand at attention. They believe the sun rose and set in King David. And let me tell you something else. You can speak about Moses and you got the same situation on your hands. It was Moses and David. Moses and David. Moses and David. But did you know this apostolic baptized Holy Ghost filled Jew is telling them about somebody they got a lot of respect and admiration for hallelujah and he is using on them and he said men and brethren let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us today therefore being a prophet you see I told you it was right there Praise God. And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Let me tell you one thing, fellas. This is better than David that's come. Fact is, David is sitting on his throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's seeing this 
before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did seek corruption. Hey, when do you think these prophecies came to pass? He's preaching to these people. He's preaching to them. He let them know about Jesus by the determinate counsel. He let them know by the hands of lawless men they crucified and slayed the Lord Jesus. He's letting them know it wasn't possible to keep him down. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they're saying, what is this? And what meaneth this? He's telling them what this is and what this means. Hallelujah. Praise God. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand the power of God, exalted. You said you'd kill him. You'd put him away. You'd stop him. But Paul said in Corinthians, if the devil would have known what he did, he wouldn't have done it. He came out of hell, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and said to the grave, where's your sting? And to death, where's your victory? And the same way he did that, he is now putting his spirit in men. Hallelujah. And he is exalted, and he will exalt himself by whomsoever will yield to him that he might exalt himself. If you want to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, let his spirit move in you. Praise God. That's how he exalts himself. Praise God. Praise God. That's right, brother pastor. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I forgot where I am. 33rd. And having received the of the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, has set forth this which you now see and hear. Here's another fulfillment of a statement of Jesus Christ. Amen. St. John 3 and 8. The wind bloweth where it lit, and thou hearest the sound thereof. So is every man that's born of the Spirit. You will see it, and you will hear it. Uh, praise God. And I confirm to you the words of Jesus Christ of the things which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heaven, into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord. My God, I can get excited about this verse. Whew. David was a Lord. He was king. Hallelujah. 
He, his word will kill you. His word will cause you to live. His word will make you poor. His word will make you rich. But this Lord said unto my Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of the lords. Hallelujah. This Lord said unto that Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sit thou on my right hand. Sit here in the power and presence of me. Hallelujah. Until I make thy foes thy footstool. David, you didn't lose a battle. You thought you did. Some of you think you're losing a battle today. You ought to read the story of David and then you ought to read this verse. He didn't lose it. For when the battle's over, when the battle's over, when the battle's over, some folks don't fight till it's over. But when the battle's over, when it's all over, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. When the battle's over, David, you won. I'm going to make all your enemy your footstool. And therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, whom you crucified, both Lord, King, and Christ, the anointed one. Now when they heard this, they were convicted. They were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? He preached them right under conviction. And when they got under conviction, he didn't say, Flash your headlights three times. He didn't say, put your hands on the radio and we'll now pray for you. He didn't say, bow down before your television and do three Hail Marys. Amen. He didn't say, raise your right hand to fellowship. He didn't say, shake the preacher's hand. He didn't say, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. No, he didn't. You better read your Bible. He said, Repent. You did it. Ask God to forgive you. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall, and you shall. Somebody said, well, I don't know if it's for me or not. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? If you have, it's for you. If you have, it's for you. And you shall. And you shall.
Praise God. Praise God. I showed this individual with that thing that big around last night. I said, look at Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Do you see anywhere in here where it says Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that sins are remitted? I said, look over here where it said, For the remission of your sins. How many of you want the blood of Jesus Christ applied to you to wash your sins away? That's why we're baptized in his name. Because he paid the price. He's the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save other people. You know what some folk need to do today? They need to quit listening to a bunch of blubber lips and get in the Word of God and save themselves. Hallelujah. I said they need to quit listening to a bunch of cocky individuals and get in the Word of God. A man last night said, well, you've got to say it to me plain and simple. He said, you see, and he went through something. I said, let me tell you something. If you just believe everything I say when I come out here, I wouldn't think nothing of you. You wouldn't be worth a plug nickel. You need to check me out when I leave and see if the Bible said what I told you. Hallelujah. Hey, if you're really seeking for truth, it'll stand the test. It'll stand the test. It'll stand the test. I took a contract down today to a woman. They've had four or five carpenters try to build that thing for them. Can't get it done, but I got it passed through. When I took it in there tonight, she jumped at it and said, you could do it. And the old man said, no, I promised another man he could do it. She said, how in the world is he going to do it? He can't get it passed through, and this man did. And he's sitting there scratching his head when I walked out. I'm not worried because it'll stand the test. I fought the thing through. I'm not worried about somebody else. I know what they got to do to pass it, and I didn't tell anybody what to do to get it passed through. It'll stand the test. You know I can go in and tell this truth to some folks and walk out and not worry whether they're going to get saved or not. If they're hungry and seeking for truth, I know when I walk out, they'll come if they're hungry and searching for truth because it'll stand the test. It'll stand the test. Somebody said he's cocky. No. There are some things you can have confidence in. There are some things you can believe in. You better learn to believe in this and have confidence in this. Praise God. Praise God. And they that gladly receive the word were baptized the same day. That's 
what we need to do is get folks that get baptized the same day to hear it. They were baptized the same day. And there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. About 3,000 joined the church the first day. How do you join the church? You repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name. And you're born into the kingdom of God. By the Holy Ghost. That is the church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's the waterway. It's the light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sins. And then the Holy Ghost will enter in. Evening time has come. I wonder how many of you believe evening time has come. And now is the time for us all to be one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to God you shall surely find. Tis the waterway is a light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sins. Then the Holy Ghost will enter in. Evening time has come. Tis a fact that God and Christ are one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Tis a waterway, it is a light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, let's stand of all your sin. You want the Holy Ghost? Come on. You want the Holy Ghost? Come on. Hallelujah. You ready to obey God? You ready to be baptized? Come on. Time has come. Tis the fact that God and Christ are one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. It is a waterway. Come on, there's some more of you out there. You want the Holy Ghost? Come on. You want to be baptized in His name? Come on. Young and old, repent of all your sins. And the Holy Ghost will enter in. Oh, 
Come on, saints, come up here and pray with these that's in the altar tonight. God in Christ are one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find is a waterway. It's a light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your ways, and then the Holy Ghost will enter you. Oh, evening time has come. Tis a fact that God and Christ are. 